Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, we've got three men's basketball games in the ACC tonight. Florida State, man, they've been impressive uh, in conference play, 4-1. and one. Leonard Hamilton doing a great job coaching up Jameer Watkins, the former VCU Ram. They're at, uh, against Miami tonight. Louisville is in Chapel Hill facing off against 5-0 and in ACC play. Number four, North Carolina Tar Heels. And from John Paul Jones Arena, UVA hosts Virginia Tech. And joining us right now for the Cowan Gates Hokies update is Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? Getting set for the Hokies and the Hoos tonight at 7 o'clock, the first of two regular season meetings between the two teams. And it is a really big game for both teams. I mean, both are 2-3 and three in conference play. Virginia hasn't figured out a way to win on the road. Neither of the Hokies. I think what's really unique about Virginia is they're so good at home. You know, if you look at it, they've got the second longest winning streak in college basketball on their home floor at 19 in a row. Yeah. And they're, they're beating people by 24 points a game at home. Their margin at home is plus 24. But on the road, they're minus 20. In their losses, so you you wonder why you know JPJ isn't like this uh, the most incredibly intimidating place to play. I just Virginia for whatever reason is uh, really really good at home and not so good away from home. Yeah, and Bill, what I'll say what I've noticed is UVA's defense has not traveled this season in their road losses. You know, giving up seventy seventy points at Memphis, seventy six at NC State, sixty six at Wake Forest. But when they're at home, they're holding teams to yeah. the 50s. So it's been a really home-and-away thing for UVA this season. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of similar for Tech. You know, they've, they've played well at home. I think when you look at Virginia's pace, their they're, they're, they're points per possession and, and shots, everything, I mean, clearly, offensively, their they're pace of play is slow, and, and, that, but the, and that's nothing new. But they're, they're just way better at it at home. And I think for Tech tonight, the key is going to be defensively. I mean, they're – the Hokies are two and three in the league, but they've outshot their opponents in each of those five games. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. They've 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 had the better shooting percentage in every game, and if you, if you even the last game out, I mean, it comes down to getting stops. You're you're at home and you're, you know, you think you should beat Miami. You're you're scoring in the 70s, uh, but they didn't get enough stops to beat the Canes. And the key tonight, I think. Well, well, there are a lot of keys, but getting Hunter Couture back would be huge. He's been out with a concussion. He's likely Tech's best defensive player, yeah. and he gives another ball handling and, 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 and scoring an offensive weapon for Coach Young. I mean, Padula, Sean Padula's been great. He was the ACC Player of the Week. He scored 30 points in both games last week. He had an amazing week. But you can't just – I mean, clearly Virginia will try to take Padula away tonight, particularly if Couture can't go. Yeah, is that a game? Is that a you know game time decision? That's what Coach Young is saying. You know, he's not much for gamesmanship. I think if Couture was good to go and was ready to play, he would have said so in the ACC teleconference. He yeah. said the opposite. He said, "Well, no game time." Regardless, regardless, if if UVA takes Padula away, you kind of wonder where the offense is going to come for Virginia Tech. And and because of the pace of play, if you fall behind tonight, if you're the Hokies, and just looking at it from Tech's perspective, if you fall behind and, and Couture's not there. How are you going to score? Right. Because Virginia's so good at home. So I think, you know, 
pregame warm-ups are something that everybody's going to watch tonight, whether you're walking out as a Hokie fan or uh, someone on the UVA coaching staff. Is 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 Couture in, in a game uniform, or is he out there in, in, in street clothes? I, yeah. I think that's one of the first things you'd look at tonight at, at about 5.30 or 6 o'clock when, when the Hokies show up. As of now, we don't know. They haven't said officially in or out. Yeah, but I kind of agree with you with, with Coach Young. If Couture was you know healthy enough to play, he would have mentioned that. So I'm looking for a big game from MJ Collins. What do you think of his play this season? You know, I, I you'd, you'd like to say that, but I mean, very few teams are going into JPJ and getting big games from their players. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I think it comes down to defense. I, I, I think that, that the Hokies need to play great defensively against UVA. I was talking with several people today about what makes Virginia at home. If you watch UVA at home, it's a different team defensively. Number one, because of the way they play offensively, they're not missing a lot of shots because they don't take a lot of shots, and they never take a bad one. So you're not getting the long rebound. You're not getting the run out and the uncontested layup against Virginia. right? That At home, like, like if you watch the Memphis game or the Notre Dame game that UVA played on the road or the Wake game, that necessarily wasn't the case. But at home, as the opponent against Virginia on the road, you're not getting a lot of runouts. And secondly, Adam, the way they play defense – they don't foul a lot, so yeah. you're not getting to the free throw line. No, you, you know got to hit your three point shots. I'm looking at Tyler Nickel. Maybe uh, there, there's an example, and there's you know he's a great you know he's he, he's a kid who can score. Yeah, but but if you if you don't get to the line, I mean, what what do coaches talk about all the time? Get easy baskets, get get some runouts, get, you know, get to the line, make them guard you, get them in foul trouble. This year at home, that hasn't happened to UVA, but on the road it has. So the Hokies need to try to flip the script a little bit and and and, and play the way they play at home with with, with a lot more confidence. And and yeah, they're going to have to make some shots. Clearly, they're going to have to make some shots. If Couture can play tonight, that's a big big plus for the Hokies. It's Bill Roth with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, play by play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies football team and. Of course, we uh, did want to give a shout-out to uh, your partner, Mike Burnup, and David Teal. NSMA Sportscaster and Sports Writer of the Year. They need to retire David Teal's <laughs> name on this. Uh, he's uh, an amazing wordsmith, yeah. meaning he can sit down at a keyboard and write and be really clever with the words he uses. You know, in, in broadcasting we talk an awful lot with our students at Tech and whatnot about have a great depth of vocabulary, and, and Teal brings that to the keyboard. And his, his wordsmanship is, is really good in an era where you don't see that a whole lot. Yeah. Hey, Bill, uh, I did want to— uh, and, and, and a good reporter, Yeah. right? So he's got great sources. He's fair. ADs, coaches, players can trust him. He knows a lot of things that he doesn't write, and, and so he's built great trust in our state. Before I let you go, I did want to get your take on the end of that— Virginia Tech Lady Hokies game against Florida State. Well, there was a foul called against Elizabeth Kitley on an illegal screen. Which it was, was the, I, I, can I say it was the worst call I've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> but, but if you're if you're uh, Kenny Brooks, that's another. If you score eighty two points in a college basketball game, you should win it. Yeah, and 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 so kind of like the same. It's funny, isn't it? Not funny. It's just ironic. The same things that Mike Young is saying, Kenny Brooks is saying. Yeah, and that is. You can't gi- you you can't give up nine straight possessions in which the other team scores, and you can't give up eighty seven points. You got to get stops in conference play on the road, and 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 Virginia, 
Tech, and that, that's going to be a key tonight. You you get three or four stops in a row, it, it takes you know the other team starts thinking like, oh, we can't score, we can't score. The other day at Florida State, FSU's women like they couldn't miss. Yeah, they were getting so many easy baskets, and, and that's they got what, their confidence going right. I and mean, that's what frustrated. Yeah, that's what frustrated Kenny more so than the call. Now, believe me, the call upset him, but <laughs> but. That was only one play in the game. And when they go back and they break down the film, they're like, ladies, where were your defensive principles? Like, this isn't the way we've played. But that's okay. It's you know, they're gonna get another shot at Florida State down the road. They're still yeah. a top fifteen team, but they gotta guard you gotta you gotta get stops. Uh, you know, that I if you watch the game tonight, we hope you listen to it here with, with Mike and Zach. But if you watch the game tonight, listen how many times Seth Greenberg, he's doing the game hmm. tonight with my pal Sherman, Doug Sherman. Listen to how many times Greenberg uses the phrase, get stops. Mm-hmm. You get two stops in a row, you get three stops in a row, and then look at the body language of the other team. And Virginia is, oh my goodness, as you guys know, they're so good at that at home. And then all of a sudden you think like you bring the ball up the court and there's like nine guys guarding you on defense. So um, getting stops I think is huge for both Tech's men's. and The women are in Durham tomorrow night. Yep. I think you'll see a really good defensive effort tomorrow night. For, for Tech's women's team. Yep, that was their first loss in conference play, 4-1 and one in, in the ACC, 13-3 overall at Duke tomorrow night on the ACC Network. If you're just listening and you missed the play, it was at the end of the game, Liz Kitley catches the inbound pass, and before she hands it off to Georgia Amor, she basically got trucked by the defender, and they somehow the call went the other way. <laughs> it yes. doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, she had the ball in her hands. How can you have an offensive foul? Yeah, but it, but if you're Kenny Brooks, you're saying there's 45 reasons that they lost the game. Yeah, and that wasn't one of them. No, it wasn't. You know, because you look you look at the film like, wait a minute, where was the help on that defense? Or that wasn't the play we were running. And and it, it's easy to rip officials. They're trying their best. It's a bad call. But when you give up 87 points, that's a lot of points. Yeah. In in a in, in a 40 minute basketball game. No, you're 87's right. Eighty-seven's a lot. Yeah, that's what Kenny Brooks will point to. Me, I, my job, I love yelling at refs. That's I one know, of my favorite I things know. to do. I know, and, and he, I'm sure he sent the clip to the league, and I'm sure they're going <laughs> to respond. It was a bad call. Yeah, but but you know, Florida State didn't score on that possession. <laughs> you know, they got the ball back. Tech did not score, but that had nothing to do with with giving up eighty-seven points in forty minutes, and and that's what, and the, and the and the and the girls get it. I mean, it's like they they get it. Like, oh my goodness. Florida State just scored twenty six points in a quarter. Yeah, that's t- quarter's only ten minutes long. I mean, right? I mean, that's that's just too that's too many easy baskets, and they'll get that fixed tomorrow night at Duke. You watch, you watch tomorrow night the the score of that game, and and Duke's field goal percentage tomorrow night. I'm, I'd, I'd almost bet the mortgage <laughs> that it'll be really good. You know how the you know how you come back on the defensive end after a game like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's my prediction for tomorrow night. Now, that, now Duke might still win the game, like in a lower <laughs> lower scoring game, but Duke's not going to get eighty seven tomorrow night against the Hokies. Bill, always fun, man. I'll talk to you again next week. See, you, man, always good to talk with you too, buddy. Yep, that was the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth on the fan. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Commanders, the Hokies, VCU Hoops, the Flying Squirrels, and more. And of course, you can always check us out on the Odyssey app or download the podcast, Best of AWOD Radio, a full hour of the show available for you 
on your ride home from work. It's AWOD, the fry cook, back here on the fan. And if you're just tuning into the show for the first time, I love Richmond. Went to VCU 2011 to 2015, uh, then was working for the Sports Junkies in D.C. since then. Came back here in June of 2022 and just fell in love with Richmond once again. And, of course, when I was here at VCU, I've talked about this in the past, had to have a job, right? Everybody yeah, goes to college, you got to find a job uh, to, of course, help you with your meal plan and buy beer for the boys. How are you going to buy beer for the boys? Need got to get a job. So I worked at Carytown Burgers and Fries. I was a fry cook, and uh, I worked in the the uh, buns line where you you know do lettuce, tomato, oh, onion, pickles, you know whatever the burger needs, whatever's necessary. And um, I saw my favorite place that I worked at, Carytown Burgers and Fries, was in the news this week. Uh, now we talked about this a few months ago when I worked there. The owner was Mike Barber, who founded Carytown Burgers and Fries in 1999. Well, last year. He had to put the place up for sale because of health issues, and since then they have now changed ownership, and it was in the news, not for a good reason. And not because of that, we're going to do an impromptu dude food on the fan. Dude food. We're not responsible for the content of this program. Or anything we say when we're really hungry. Where's my food? Dude, where's my food? food? The most delicious food you've ever tasted. Yes! How can he piss off a flip-flop? <laughs> loves food dude food all right so i will say when i worked at carrytown burgers and fries it was the older location at the end of carrytown you know what i'm talking about stub where now there's basically like torchies tacha tacos oh, that end, yeah. it was at that end but behind that spot and i had uh, some great times there I loved working there. I thought it was a good working environment. Everyone kind of get drunk off of the kegs after the shift while oh, you're well. cleaning up. Uh, we all had our own special burger. One of one of the guys I'll never forget would do PB and J on a burger plus bacon. Uh, I hated it. Then yeah, I tried it and I fell in love with it. My thing is I would do uh, mozzarella sticks, chicken tenders on a burger with the Texas toast instead of yeah, the that, bun. No, that sounds pretty right? good. But I we all had that. our own concoction that was our own you know, classic yeah, yeah. burger uh, that we came up with. And I had so much fun working at Carrytown Burgers and Fries. Now, since then, they've changed ownership and they've changed to a different location. I think they took over Nacho Mama's or Jalapeno. One of the Yeah, but there's the a couple. I think there's spaces. three locations now. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, I believe that they I've only been to the one out. in Carrytown. But in the early hours of Friday, January 12th, a blaze ravaged the rear of Carrytown Burgers and Fries that did cause substantial damage to the establishment. Uh, I just read the article on rvahub.com, and they said that the incident occurred approximately 4.30 a.m. at the Cary Street location. A neighbor reportedly noticed the fire, alerted the authorities. Firefighters reached out to the scene swiftly. They were able to extinguish the blaze without any injuries, but now the store is closed as they try to rebound from this. Yeah, and and I feel bad as all of the employees there will be going without pay. Oh, that's until a great point. I didn't fixed. think about that. Yeah, so like if it was you out there, you Woof. you might have to you know look I might for a have new to job. Call up Mama Siams or somewhere. Yeah, it's be another so, fry cook. I, I think yeah, and obviously like you know he's owned the place for like two weeks. Yeah, right. And just like what a disaster to that, have to deal with. That is with. such a disaster yeah. to take over. Now, have you read anything about what caused the the blaze? No, every everything I've looked into has not shown that. I know a lot of the damage is kind of exterior, uh-huh. just kind of like cosmetic and a bit of damage to the fridge. So hopefully they should be up and running again soon. It wasn't major insider damage like that, kind of yeah. un, 
I, I would expect within the month that right. they're okay. up and running Because there is no word on when the restaurant will open. The manager did arrive around 5.45 a.m. for routine maintenance, only to find the restaurant yeah. on fire. <laughs> I mean, imagine that, right? That's like I come to work here, and I, I come into the studio. The studio's on fire. I'm trying to do my pre-show <laughs> yeah, prep. Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> right? MP's burning up. <laughs> JC's taking no, his Michael. clothes off. <laughs> it's wild. Look out, Michael. Yeah, I know. What other stories do you want to bring up on Dude Food today? Anything... Anything happy? Because this story kind of brought me down here. Yeah, I mean, th- this is kind of uh, not happy, but not be- not sad. It's okay. just someone uh, made a list of the the most co- populated types of restaurants in the Richmond area. Okay. So, so like, these are the easiest to find. Yes. Right. They're, they're Once the again, most of these. we are the burger capital of America. Capital. Several articles have come out. We got the best average score. Personally, I think it's because even the dive bars in town serve good food. All right, yeah. I, I, we got it. I'm going to go with the top five here because there's 16, okay. which is a lot. And I want you to take some guesses. Okay. What do you, of some placements? All right. So I would say burgers is on the top five. Yes. All right. Yeah, you would be right. All right. Give me a ding. I'll give you a ding. I would like a ding, of sir. Course. Can I can I beg you for a ding, sir? There's your ding. Um, tacos. Not on the list. You got Ensu okay. Boca. You got all these right in my backyard. You know what? Here. You know what? You get a, you get a ding buzz uh-huh. as Mexican is on there. Mexicans on the list. Yes. That's so good. it's a that's a good choice. You get a half right. half. Um. Don't feel like Richmond's known for that many Italian spots. So I'm going to say no to Italian. You would be correct. Okay. Um, I would say Chinese food. That is number six. That is on the six. You were off by one. All right. So I've gotten tacos or Mexican food. You got Mexican and and you've gotten burgers. Uh, Do they have like American style restaurants? Yep. That's it. That's number three. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll explain. Burgers are two. Burgers are two. American food. I'm looking for for number one. You're looking for the one and the five. All right, number one thing in, I mean, steak? No. Really? Not on the list. Pizza? No. There it is. Pizza? pizza. Yeah. Pizza? There are, the mo- there are more pizza restaurants than any other kind of Richmond well, restaurant in we've the got, Richmond area. We've got the BPR here at 910 The Fan. AWOD search for the best pizza in Richmond. Right now, the current rankings are Belmont 3, Benny's Pizza 2, JoJo's still number one. Now, we haven't changed these rankings in a long time. We haven't I had a reason to. Don't. Honestly, no. If I've gotten a local slice since moving here from really? anywhere, I think every time I go out, I get something that isn't pizza. Oh, like I'm, well, I'm trying to think about it. I don't. That's a mistake. I mean, you should go so. on campus and get Christians. That's always a clutch slice right there. Um, I a lot of people don't like this place. I'm a big fan of Mellow Mushroom. Like I, oh, I think they're I love very Mello. cheesy. Oh, you kidding me? I love yeah. Mellow Mushroom. Love me- a lot of people don't like it though. Have you heard that before? No. People say it's too greasy. I want more I want grease. grease. I'm a grease yes. fan. I my, my roommate's a, a napkin dabber. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, toss him out. <laughs> Find a new roommate. That's that's. Uh, you know how embarrassing that is. I had a friend like that too. I'm like, will you grow a pair already and just shove that triangle in your mouth? You got a pizza. Like we're not right. going for health here. Oh anyway. my gosh. Like, I'm gonna dab it with my napkin. You don't think your napkin's got cancerous dyes on it? <laughs> you, you know, congratulations. You can't win. You can't win. You can't win. I, I want to throw in uh, number five with seafood. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of people hype up Levels. Have you heard that? No. As a sushi spot. Lucky AF, good sushi. Uh, Yeah, my friends love sushi. I'm not the biggest sushi fan, but I I have heard a lot of good sushi spots in Richmond. Yeah, I actually, I've been to one. I I am forgetting the name, yeah. but it's in the Devil's Triangle, oh, which, I, which I frequent. Yeah, we're going to start calling that Stubbs Triangle. <laughs> Stubbs Angle. I would love that. Yeah, <laughs> because the Devil's Triangle is Banditos. Buddies and Ariana's Shepherd's Taverns involved in that too. China Panda. My buddies actually did the Devil's Triangle this past weekend. It's a great place. Yeah, where'd they go? 
They went to uh, Bandito's. There was live music, yep. and then yeah. they left there and wanted to get food. They went to Shepherd's Tavern, and then they had a beer at Buddy's afterwards. I love Buddy's. Yeah. There, I was there last night. Where are you really? <laughs> I sure was. Man, Buddy's needs to sponsor Stub. I know they got. They have the guy uh, three nights a week. He he runs trivia. Really? Well, maybe I should apply for one of the nights. Yeah. Be the, be the you, trivia. You guy. think it'd be a good? A lot I of people transition from radio to right? trivia. I, I, that seemed like like a thing that yeah. would be a shout out to Rebecca Wild from Wicker and Wild. She does trivia. Trivia sometimes at Cabo Fish Taco in Scotts. Oh yeah, I've actually it came came by to support her. It seems fun. That would be a fun thing for. They might give me free food. They yeah. probably would. Now, here's That's the thing. all I want. You can mess it up because yeah. I've been to trivia before. The guy's so boring. I think I talked about the. He couldn't even pronounce papyrus. He was yeah. like pup 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 pup. P A P Y. If you have to spell the word, you should not be hosting no. trivia. <laughs> I like to think I have I have some spunk to me yeah, enough to, to host a, yeah. a trivia night. I think you're smart enough too. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, we usually get third. I our wonder table. if you're you're if you're quick enough with your wits, right? If I went up there and I said, "You're just a fat loser. Let's find a new trivia host." How are you going to respond to the heckler? I would say, well, I'm quite skinny, so that that feels like a, <laughs> like a like an incorrect insult to throw at me in this moment. Yeah, no, I like that. Good response there. Good response. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the Fan. If we missed any local food news, give us a shout. 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. That was Dude Food on the Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And the Rams will be back at home at the Siegel Center hosting St. Louis this Friday night. It is decades night at the Siegel Center. Should be a ton of fun. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, you know him as the founder of VCU Ram Nation. It's Matt shelton What's going on, Matt? Adam, what's good, my man? How are you? Have you been spending this off week for the Rams with no weekday game? Oh, man. Uh, just watching other A-10 games. It's, yeah. It's really fun. It's kind of like, you know, it's 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 neat when you're not playing on a Wednesday when everyone else is because you really get to sit back and watch. kind of like being at the A-10 tournament and getting to uh, really see how good other teams are. Yeah, I watched the entire GW against George Mason game and I think GW is going to continue winning games in the A-10. They've just got so many different scores. Edwards, you know, killed us. Buchanan can drive to the basket. Bishop hits the game-winning shot. He can score 30. I mean, what you, is GW in line to be a top-four seed, you think, in Brooklyn? I mean, we're, we're going to see. Uh, you know, they're going to have a little bit of an easier schedule than uh, like a VCU or a Dayton. The, typically, the A-10 will try to pair what they expect to be the best teams against each other. For tournament reasons, so they they should have a more navi- an easier to navigate schedule, um, but but I don't know. I mean, it's I think I think all of us are going to be sort of skeptics about GW until they actually do it. So um, I don't think so. I think um, I mean I, I definitely you know Dayton. I was, did another podcast last night. Dayton and Richmond are looking great. Um, I love St Bonaventure, and then that that other that last team is kind of the tricky one. So maybe we'll see. Yeah, no, you're right. You mentioned Dayton, 29 points, 14 rebounds, four blocks for Deron Holmes. He continues to dominate uh, <clears throat> this conference. Dayton 4-0 with a 70-65 to win. And then Richmond coming from behind to defeat Duquesne, 63-61. Did you check out some of that contest? I did watch some of that. Um, fun fact, the kid Jordan King was actually uh, here this summer, uh, one of our our guys on our TBT team, Manny Camper, played with him at Siena, so I got to meet Jordan. 
and he's a great guy. Um, and so it's, you know, it's going to be scary to watch him sort of <laughs> going up against us. But um, they're a fun team to watch. Chris Mooney, I, I love the, the Princeton offense he runs. And when you get the right guys in there, it's a scary thing to face. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I always give him credit for that offense. They just they steal three or four layups uh, from you every single game, and it's frustrating, especially when you're a you know hardcore defense team like Havoc, and then they're getting easy layups with backcourt cuts. Uh, but speaking of VCU, the Rams will host St. Louis on Friday night. Belkin's 1-3 in 8-10 play. I mean, they can't afford to lose. VCU can't afford to lose another home game. This is going to be a good contest. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, their schedule doesn't look great um, in terms of wins and losses, especially in the Atlantic 10. But when you dive into it, every single loss is to a Ken Palm top 150 team, and they've got two top 100 wins. So I think a lot of people are kicking them um, because, you know, usually they're a team that's toward the top of the conference. So it's nice for, for some programs to get their shots in. But I think they are a dangerous team, maybe not a top four team because their defense has been horrendous. But I think they're a lot better than people realize, and and VCU fans could find that out this week if they're not careful. Matt Shelton, I, the founder of VCU Ram Nation, with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I bet you didn't know that your tweet led to an on-air fight between me and Michael Phillips last week. When you tweeted that Bearstow's numbers don't look good, Michael Phillips wanted less Bearstow. I had to argue I want more of the bear, and uh, I got what I wanted with his 14-point, 12-assist performance uh, the other night. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, the been the weird thing with this VCU team and with Sean is you start the season thinking you're going to have Sean. You don't have him. you got to figure out what you're doing uh, with your roster um, and how they play together as a team against Division One teams and, and not like Greek rando teams. Um, so they figured that out a bit, and then Sean and Joe come in, and then you got to figure out how do these guys play together and and you know what are the strengths and weaknesses of doing so. And I think you've seen with Sean, you know, he's an elite passer. Um, he's probably the best passer on our team right now, and he's got great size. Um, but, yeah, the coaches are weirdly still figuring out this roster, even though we're halfway through the season. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to you know, continue. And, look, this is good. You don't want your team to peak in the middle of January. Hopefully we figure out the, the tweaks and the lineups and the rotation, rotations and can peak in the middle of the March there in Brooklyn. Uh, I'm going to ask you, who would be your X-factor for this game against St. Louis. There's a chance the Rams will be without Zeb Jackson day-to-day with a back injury. Uh, I'm going to point to Toby Lawall. I feel like he hasn't been at his best in the last two games. I mean, that's not a bad pick. If you look at one major thing St. Louis has struggled with, it's pretty much inside the arc, um, particularly at stopping people you know, from scoring. And so Toby is an extremely efficient scorer. Uh, basically, if he's going up, it's going in. So that's a good pick. Um, but obviously, without Zeb, you could look at a guy like Jason Nelson, um, someone who could get more minutes. And, you know, Jason's a guy, when he gets hot, he can really light you up. So uh, I'm excited to see those guys, and I'm still excited to see how they figure out kind of the Michael Bell scenario. Yeah. Uh, someone who's given you tons of defense the last two games. Uh, we saw without him, the two before that, we were just, we couldn't stop anyone. So um, I'm excited to see what, what a guy like Bell can do and, pretty much how they figure out that balance of offense versus defense. Yeah, I, I mean, I almost feel like they have no choice but to you know, keep his minutes uh, above 14, 15 uh, because of how much he brings to the defensive end. I'm looking for a bounce-back game from Joe Bamisil. One out of his last 10 field goals have gone in. He's a much better shooter than that. I think he could go off for double digits. 
Joe's a, he's an interesting guy. I mean, he, he's been a volume guy for years. Sometimes it works out like, like it did mostly at GW. Sometimes it doesn't like at Tech in Oklahoma. So he's going to shoot. Uh, you know, if he's open, he will shoot it. Um, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how a coach who I think values efficiency rolls with that because, um, you know, Bear, uh, Bam's minutes, I think, did take a dip. Yeah, in the last couple of games. The last two games, he's down uh, from yeah, he's about on, yeah, he's down from about he's twenty-two on, he minutes. He's down from about twenty-two minutes to twelve and fourteen in the last two. And you're right. I mean, he was a big part of the game against GW when he had eighteen points, a six and twelve. He's certainly a volume shooter. What I like what Joe does is when he takes shots in the flow of the offense, like when they specifically run a play for him to run around a screen, catch and shoot. What I don't like sometimes is the pull-ups off the dribble. Right and. I, you know, I actually asked uh, Coach Odom about that in a post game. How do you, with a, a guy with a scorer's mentality like that, you know, how do you deal with that as a coach? And, and Coach knew what he was getting into. And I think anytime he throws them out there, he knows you could get, you know, a shot within the first six seconds of the shot clock. And that's something he's prepared to live with. Absolutely. Uh, we did wa- I did want to give a shout out to. Christian Furman, I feel like he's really come on strong this season, and I, I, he deserves to play starter minutes, in my opinion, and uh, I love what he's doing on the defensive end, and I think he can score more points the more his teammates get him involved. It felt like he was the man in the first half against LaSalle, and then he disappeared in the second half. I would point to you know Zeb Jackson getting injured uh, more than Christian Furman not playing well in the second half. Yeah, I think a huge part is, you know, this is not a team that seems to value paint touches, at least from the bigs. Yeah. You know, we've had teams and coaches over the years that, hey, we're going to play inside out. Um, but this is a definitely a way more guard-oriented offense. So Firm can get lost down there in terms of, you know, being a post-up big. So it is nice to see him hit some of those tough shots that can keep teams honest. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, coach goes from that performance. Do they make him more of a, a bit of the offense, especially against the St. Louis team who has struggled to defend the inside the arc? And then also, you know, you've got a, an efficient firm and you've got a really good Toby. You know, do we see more of them together? It doesn't seem like we're gonna, but they've been two of our best players all year. So, you know, at what point do we see a two big lineup? If I go to VCU Ram Nation and I want to get some insiders content, how do I subscribe and sign up, and how much does it cost? Yeah, so it's basically you know just you can you can do it monthly or save like five dollars and do it annually. But pretty much it's like four ninety nine a month or forty five bucks a year. Um, you know, we we're all parents with jobs and stuff. You know, we don't have the free time we had when we started the site, so it just helps you know put the time in to do the highlight videos, do the interviews, and stuff like that. Um, so we appreciate all those people who subscribe. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if you're up for it, yeah, go give it a subscription. Yep, and, and we certainly love the content. So thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, what's going on locally in Richmond, Virginia? We'll drive down Richmond Highway with the czar, Gary Hess, coming up next on The Fan. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105. 1FM, it's been a while, but here it is on a Wednesday at 2.15, we bring in the czar. What's happening, man? Gary Hess, what's up, dude? I, uh, you know, just uh, winter. It's cold outside, man. It is, man, but uh, of course, when it's cold outside, it means we've got playoff football, and that's where we will begin as we get in the car and drive. How are the roads? 
smooth looking. Time for a drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess, sports director and the voice of high school football in Richmond, Virginia. I understand there's traffic. You need to plan for that. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. All right, so we were just talking during the break there. Five of the six games were decided by double digits. It, yeah, they were uh, pretty much all just beatdowns with the exception of that Rams-Lions game, which really lived up to the billing. Uh, and, uh, you know, right there at the end, uh, decision had to be made. Then Detroit was able to run out the clock. That that game felt like a playoff game. The others felt like just like um, warm-up acts, like they were the New Jersey Generals, yeah. if you get that reference. Yeah, I do. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, it's like a changing of the guards almost moment, right? The Lions... So much regular season success this year. Get that playoff win. First one in, what, 30 years. The Rams had had the playoff success with Sean McVay, and then they lose. I wonder what happens with the Rams now. Matthew Stafford's getting old. Aaron Donald's getting up there. You know, do they rebuild, retool? What do they do? I think they retool. I think Stafford's got some... uh, uh, some something left in the tank, and then you look at you know Puka Nakua is in the discussion to be rookie of the year, uh, offensive rookie of the year. He'll lose out to C.J. Stroud, but I mean record-setting season. And Kyron Williams was was second team All Pro, so they they basically labeled him the second best running back in the NFL last year, the All Pro team. So uh, when your lead running back and your number one receiver are basically both second second year, first year guys going in and this as of this year, uh, you know, and I think Stafford's got some gas in the tank left. Uh, I think they're pretty good. And then um, defensive line, shout out to the Richmond Spiders. Kobe Turner um, had a great rookie season. Played, uh, I think, three years or four years at Richmond, then played his last year at Wake Forest. So, I think the Rams are. I don't think it's a rebuild. I think it's a retool. Eagles get blown out by the Bucks. That's another situation there that we're monitoring. I mean. There's a chance Nick Sirianni loses his job here, and he was in a honeymoon phase, and Piers, he lost the locker room. I don't know how you lose your job one year after leading your team to the Super Bowl. I just don't know how. And you win 11 games. And and, and they were 10-1, and but... You know, something let me just you know let me say this first of all the defense was awful down the stretch they hardly looked like they were trying on monday night all due respect to the tampa bay bucks um that you know something there's something behind the scenes i think we're going to find out that jalen hurts was more hurt than than, than anybody oh, 100% i mean the the finger didn't look good i i think here's my theory it looks like a team that lost their OC in their DC last season and kind of put band-aids on it and it fell apart. I think that there's some truth to that. I think they really got banged up in spots. And then there were some issues with play calling. I mean, to me, going into Monday night with a banged up Jalen Hurts and with, you know, one of, if not the best offensive line in football and a legit running back in DeAndre Swift and other guys who can really get it done, how come you're not running the football? Right, especially when you're at your own five-yard line. Then you get a safety, yeah. and then the game's over. So, I, you know, I, there are questions abounding, but there was something over, something intangible that kind of was up with that team, too. I don't know what it was. 
But uh, you know, Monday night was had the definite look of a team being put out of its misery. Any other NFL playoff games you wanted to mention or preview for this weekend? I just want to. I just want a shout out to the Houston Texans. I mean, um, C.J. Stroud is unbelievable. They, you know, they have playmakers all across the board, and um, D'Amico Ryan's is so impressive as a head coach. You talk about somebody who come in, build a culture. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job. I just can't say enough good things about what he's done. Now, is it going to translate in Baltimore this weekend? I don't know about that. No, but I believe the opening line was Baltimore minus 10.5. It's now Baltimore minus 8. So people are betting on the Texans. People are betting on the Texans to at least cover. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. And and part of that's got to be Lamar Jackson's checkered history in playoff games. Right. You know, he's going to be the MVP, and deservedly so, but the next step in Lamar Jackson's career is playoff success. Yeah, and I have a FanDuel ticket, promo code AWOD, on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl that I placed preseason. Uh, but I'm thinking about you know cashing it out. Probably not this weekend, just because of the checkered history uh, in the playoffs with Lamar. It feels like if you go up against a good defense that game plans to contain him, and you have to trust the other superstars, a lot of times they disappear. And you know what's interesting about that is I would have expected that in the game against San Francisco. And basically uh, what happened was the Ravens' defense made Brock Purdy disappear instead of the other way around. And so, uh, you know, I don't know. And, and But I do know this. I love the divisional playoff weekend because you, the, the bye teams get in and you got two games Saturday, two games Sunday, and it's just, you know, the, the championship game, it's the first. It, obviously, the Sunday of the conference championship game is great because you got the doubleheader, but it's the reality that you're coming down to the end of the number of football games you have to watch. But yeah. Love the divisional round, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's interesting because I think the Tampa Bay Bucks are playing with house money. I think the Packers are playing with house money. I think the Texans are playing with house money. And so they're all going to be loose and they're all going to be on the road. And, and you know, they're all underdogs. You know, might they all lose? Certainly. But they're all going to be loose and playing with house money. And then Kansas City Buffalo is almost annual playoff theater. Yeah, so. I, that's what I'm hoping for is I, I want four really good games uh, because it feels like we got maybe two. I think it's unlikely you'll get four good games. I think, but I think we'll get more than one, like we did this past week. Driving down Richmond Highway with the Czar Gary Hess here on AWOD Radio, talking local sports right now on the fan and in the ACC. We've got a big time matchup in the state of Virginia tonight from John Paul Jones Arena in Charlottesville, Virginia. Two and three in the ACC, UVA hosting two and three Virginia Tech. You know, both teams are interesting. First of all, shout out to Sean Padula, who is on an absolute heater. Yeah. Uh, three games in a row where he has just lit it up. Uh, Virginia's going to have to find a way to contain him because he has been the difference maker for the Hokies of late. Um, Virginia's a hard team to figure. They've played five conference games, and all five have been decided uh, by blowout margins. Um, I'm going to look it up here real quick. They lost. They won by 14, lost by 16, lost by 19, and before that, let's see, lost by 22 on the road, and then won at home by 22. So 14 is the closest margin they've had, undefeated at home, winless on the road. So that would tell you we should see a good, confident UVA team play tonight. Virginia Tech's going to have to combat that, um, you know, 
Both teams need answers, and, and the standings don't lie. Both teams need a win desperately. Should be fun theater tonight at the JPJ. Absolutely, and uh, I have seen reports. Mike Young talking about guard Hunter Couture, saying he's feeling better. He suffered a head injury in a game against Clemson. He's got some tests uh, before he's going to be able to be cleared to play. I don't think you can expect him to play tonight. That could be a big factor for why UVA gets the win at home. It could be a big factor as well. UVA's got to shoot the ball well and has got to get something from the inside. And the other thing about UVA is they've got to get back to playing what we have become accustomed to as UVA Tony Bennett defense. Yeah, I I think Brees Beekman needs to take it upon himself to shut down Padula. Right. I would agree with that, and I think you're going to see that. I think you're going to see that effort. I'm not going to say he's going to do it, but I think he'll be the one to try to do it. If you look around the standings in the A-10 right now, you will see at the top of the list at 4-0, the Richmond Spiders. How about that? Coach Mooney getting it done. Seven-game win streak for the first time in 13 years for the Richmond Spiders. Uh, And last night, 12-2 run to end the game to get the job done. And 4-0 in the A-10. And this is a team that is basically... You know, they had a few holdovers and transfer portal guys, and this is a team that they had to, you know, take a chemistry class. And, boy, I'll tell you, early in the season, Chris Mooney has done a phenomenal job with that team so far. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel like he's always been an underrated coach. Runs a really sharp offense, the Princeton offense. I love it because, you know, I had him on the show. It seems like his team gets easy layups every single game. And in college hoops right now, but the way defense is being called, teams are forcing up bad shots. If you can get layups here or there, it makes your offensive efficiency go up the charts so much. And so 16 from Neil Quinn, he's really impressed me. He was on the team last year, yep. but really improved this year. Yeah, they, you know, they, some of their holdovers, you know, Quinn especially, have improved. They've gotten some other guys in who have really, um, you know, it, it, and you know, it's not always pretty with this bunch, but they're finding a way. And that, you know, when you start winning games like that, you know, it grows, confidence grows, and you can see that. I watched a little bit of the game last night, and you can just see. You know, a team that has had some winning and, you know, beat a George Mason team that, that uh, was doing really well till they ran into VCU in Richmond. Yeah. Um, you know, they, it, you know, they, they, you kind of feel like they have that, they got to the end of the game, all good. We're going to go on a 12 2 run and get, get this thing done. Yeah. So, hey, one other thing from the ACC, you know, you look at the standings in North Carolina and Duke at the top, NC State's 5 and 1. They're doing a great job. But Florida State yep. off to a 4 and 1 start in the league. Shout out to former VC Ram Jameer Watkins, who is having a great season for the Seminoles. Uh, so I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, to uh, Jameer Watkins. He is having a great year so far for the Seminoles. Doing it, Look at it, 13 points, 6 rebounds, 3.5 assists, getting steals, making 32% of his threes. He's doing a little bit of everything for Coach Leonard Hamilton. So, Shout out to a former VC Ram there. Yeah, it does break my heart to see you know see him in another uniform, but I'm glad he's having success. But that's Leonard Hamilton. That dude can coach. He's been uh, an unbelievable coach my entire lifetime. Wasn't he a Bullets coach or Wizards coach? When yeah, I was a he kid, was right? the Wizards coach for a minute. Yeah, he was, yeah. and he's been at Florida State a long time. Oh yeah, hired in 2002. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so and, yes, and he, he always recruits athletes. Always recruits athletes, and he always has. Um, 
He never has like an iron five. He's always going 10 deep, yeah. 11 deep, and he's doing that again this year. And that way they can do, you know, he can make the puzzle pieces fit for whatever the game plan needs or go with the hot hand. Uh, but uh, Jameer Watkins has been doing, a, you know, fill it, stuffing the stat sheet, not just scoring, and has been a key player for that team this year. And uh, I know you're sad it's not in the black and gold anymore, uh, and I am too. But it is, uh, it's good to see those guys excel going, going to a higher level. That's Gary Hess. I'm Adam Epstein. This was a drive down Richmond Highway with the Czar on the fan. Let's drive down Richmond Highway with Gary Hess on AWOD Radio. Breaking news on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, powered by Odyssey, is brought to you by BetQL. Breaking news here on 910 The Fan, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, the Indiana Pacers are finalizing a trade to acquire all-star Pascal Siakam in a deal that will send Bruce Brown, Jordan Nawara, and three first-round picks to the Toronto Raptors. Siakam won a title in the NBA with the Raptors, now goes to the Indiana Pacers, one of the best young teams in basketball this season. New Orleans will be a third team in the deal, sending Kira Lewis to the Raptors. That's breaking news, according to Adrian Wojnarowski in the NBA on The Fan. Spend your afternoons with Adam Epstein. Three complete stinkers. And that is the kind of inconsistency that is utterly embarrassing. AWOD Radio. Don't go to break. Just keep rolling. (laughs) Go through the break. A newsflash. Next time, don't call in from your basement. You sound like you're doing it from hell. On Sports Radio 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, and time to bring on a legend in the DMV from the Sports Junkies. Talk a little college hoops. It is the Lurch Papa, Jason Bishop, with us right now on the hotline. What's going on, Lurchy? AWOD Radio. AWOD Radio. What's up? What's up, Ricky? How crazy is it? Caputo was on Mason's staff. Tony Skin was the point guard. Now they're coaching against each other in the A-10. It's got to make you feel old. <laughs> I know. That's not the only reason I feel old, but it, it was fun. I went to the game. It was on MLK Day, and um, you know it was snowing a little bit. I was kind of worried about getting into D.C., getting out, but um, it wasn't too bad. But there was a lot of energy at the Smith Center. Um, you know, it was just fun to watch those guys. Two really athletic teams. In that game, Awad, I mean, you wouldn't have believed it, all the easy bunnies that George Mason missed in the first half. Right. I mean, they must have shot about 18% in the first half. And it's not like GW was, you know, forcing deep shots and, and tough possessions. It was, you know, miss a miss a uh, layup, get the rebound, miss another layup, and miss a 5-10 footer, get the rebound, miss a layup. I mean, they just couldn't hit a shot in the first half. And they were down 18 at one point. And, um, you know, they made it a game. I think they cut it to five in the second half. But um, but Caputo and the boys, they got it done. Darren Buchanan, who is a Virginia Tech gra- um, transfer, and, man, Tech could use him. Yeah, uh, He's just an athletic freak, and he's a big kid. Um, 
he had a really good game. I think he had 21, and he kind of dominated the boards too. So props to GW and Caputo. That was a good win. And Mason plays St. Bonnie's this weekend, um, and they've lost three in a row. So they got to they got to get uh, Bonnie's this weekend at home. Yeah, you mentioned Buchanan. The first play of the game was a pick and roll between him and Bishop, and he finished it with a dunk. I mean, he can you know yep. he can score from the outside and from the inside. He's such a big body. Bishop makes everything he throws up. That's how he beat VCU and uh, GW three and one in the conference. And I think the A ten as a whole is a lot better. We mentioned Mason; they're two and three, but Coach Skin has the program going in the right direction. How about the Spiders? Coach Mooney has Richmond at four and zero. Have you seen them play this year? I think I've, I've seen him play once or twice, um, not a full game, but um, I know that uh, Jordan King kid can shoot it. Yeah. Man, he's a transfer, isn't he? He hasn't yeah. been there in a while. Yeah, he's a transfer. I think it, he's a transfer, and, um, man, he can shoot it. I know he's shooting like 42% from three. So, And, man, Chris Mooney's been there forever. <laughs> I can't believe he's been there like 18, 19 years, maybe longer. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're having a good year. Dayton, you know, your boy Anthony Grant, that kid, that guy can coach. Yeah. Um, and he's got them playing well. They're ranked. So I agree. Um, a 10 got five or six good teams up at the top. Absolutely. And you mentioned Coach Mooney at Richmond for so long. It's because the Princeton offense never dies. If you can get right. easy layups every game, you have a chance to win every game. I agree. Look, he's been coaching that style for, for a long time. Um, you know, sometimes when you get – when you get different kids in there with different um, skill sets, sometimes you want to you want to let them play out a little bit and open it up. But um, you know they're they don't score a ton. I mean they're only averaging in the low seventies. But Jordan King is averaging almost twenty and shooting like I said, shooting forty two percent from threes, and he jacks them up. He's already taken one hundred and one threes this year. So um, they're having a good year, man. Uh, I can't believe it's freaking January seventeenth already. I mean. Conference tournaments will be starting in about a month. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I know. You're, you, people are still saying Happy New Year to you. And we've got no, a they good... better. Stop doing that. Don't do it. We've got a you good... Can, hey, here's my rule. Here's my rule. All right? You can say Happy New Year for the first week of January. Anytime after that, I'm hanging up on you or I'm walking away. <laughs> good one in the Commonwealth tonight. Virginia Tech at UVA. Looks like no Hunter Couture. Can Sean Padula do it himself tonight? No. No chance. <laughs> yeah. Um Look, I didn't know Couture was out. No, um, it's, he's, so he's day-to-day with, a, I believe, a concussion. But we talked to Bill Roth earlier today, and he thinks Mike Young would have announced if Hunter Couture was going to be able to go. So there's a chance he suits up last minute, uh, but I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they're going to be UVA. Not that UVA is great, but UVA at home is going to be tough, and it'll be tough for, for Zach to score outside of Padula. Look, Tech just doesn't have the athletes this year, if you get, catch my drift. Um, Tyler Nichols, pretty good player, but, you know, and Padula is obviously a good player, but they, you know, it's going to be Padula and Lynn Kidd scoring for them if, if Couture is out. Um, and I, I just, I don't know, I, I think they just rely on the three point shot a little too much. Um, and I don't, I don't think that they're going to be able to outscore UVA at UVA. And I don't think UVA is great. Yeah. I really don't. Um, but at home, they're going to be very difficult. And you know, especially the way they play defense. Yeah, and I mean, this is a this is a big game for both teams because the loser of this game falls to two and four in the conference. Not that I think that um, either one is a shoe in for the comp, for the tournament, uh, but you know, if Tech loses, they're two and four, and it's going to be 
difficult for them to battle back. They have not played well on the road. Yeah, I looked at it yesterday. I believe the loser will fall to 10th place in the ACC. So it's a must-win game right. for both teams. UVA on the road giving up about 70 points a game. At home, it's down to 50. Who would you give the edge to in the matchup down low? Ryan Dunn against Lynn Kidd. Um, I, that's a good question. Um, probably at well, game at UVA, I'll give it to Dunn. Um, but Lynn Kidd's, you know, he, he can get hot. Um, he gets streaky, but like, like I said, if you don't have Couture, so you don't have you know, your, your top two, uh, perimeter threats, I, I just don't see them being able to beat UV. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't see it happening tonight. And like I said, Virginia tech has not been good on the road. In fact, their last couple losses, I think were road losses because they lost, um, uh, to Florida state and they lost to Wake Forest on the road. And then they had a tough loss to Miami at Castle. So um, they've lost three out of four, and you know defensively they haven't been playing very well. So this is going to be a tough matchup for them. Lurch, I know you love watching college hoops. Are you still picking fatties? I am picking fatties. That's what I do. I love to pick fatties. I got one for you tonight. Okay, it's in, it's in the pack. It's in the pack twelve. Um, Arizona's playing USC, and now they're laying a big number. Okay, All right, it's a ten o'clock tip. But USC is without their uh, best player or one of their best players, Isaiah Collier. He's going to be out for about a month. And Arizona at home this year, they have been awesome. They're, um, they've got one of the best um, home scoring margins in the country at plus 37. So, you know, that's in large part that's due to, the, to an incredible production offensively, and they're really good offensively at home, and they're going to get up and down the court on – USC. So I would lay the points. But how much are the USC. points? Is it like 18? What are you talking here? I see 18 and a half here. Yeah. Oh my. I'm not touching. That's too big, Lurch. <laughs> All right. But when it hits, just make sure you text me tomorrow and tell me I was right. <laughs> I will. Hey, who do you like the most in college basketball this season? UConn, number one. Purdue, two. Kansas, three. UNC's turned it on as of late. They're four. Houston's five. But I think the best team that I've seen play personally is number six, Tennessee. They get after it defensively. And Dalton Connect is legit, all right? That kid is really good. He had 39 the other night. Um, now, they play really well at home. Let's, let's see how they do on neutral you know, floors when they're playing in tournaments. But, um, man, that kid is really good. Transfer from, uh, I think he's in northern Colorado, averaging about 19 a game for Tennessee. I agree. I don't know who the best team is. I mean, I guess, you know, UConn's defending champion, right? Um, I, I guess. You know, you got to go with them, although they lost to Seton Hall. Seton Hall is pretty good this year. But, um, you know, Caravan and Cam Spencer are really good. I, I think I'd go UConn, just, and I know that's easy to say because they're one, but they're, they're the defending champs. They're well-coached, and they've got good inside-outside production. They've got a good balance. They've got like five or six guys average double figures. I'd probably go UConn, but that could that could change. Houston's good too, man. But Houston's lost two in a row. They, got, they play in Texas Tech tonight at home. they got to get a win. Lurch, isn't this more fun than talking about a bad football team with a donk named Cakes? <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I uh, wish we talked a little bit more college hoops, but that's why I do the show with you, AWOD Radio, because I know we're going to talk some fatties and some hoops. Well, I appreciate it, man. Let's do this again soon. All right, Arizona tonight. See you. Sounds good. You're listening to AWOD on The Fan.